Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. Diane, will you welcome and introduce yeah. our guest, the next I'm contestant. excited to introduce <laughs> a, a new friend. So I met Susan Hoyer at the International ADHD Conference last fall, and she was talking about technology and kids and cyberbullying and sexting. And, and I like just know that our audience has a lot of questions about kids and technology, and it was just really exciting it's even in your title, aren't you? Like the director of something in technology, right? Dean of instructional technology. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Dean of instructional technology. So you've got the credentials and we're just really excited to have you here. Why don't you start by talking a little bit about how you got into what you're doing? What, what's the backstory for how you got here? Sure. Um, so technically right now I'm the Dean of instructional technology and culinary arts. So I'm also the culinary teacher. So I, I wear many hats. Because it's um, a small school. Very right? small it's, school. Right. <laughs> but also when you think about it, both are fairly methodical and you have to go step by step to follow procedures to make anything work. Because I'm primarily a baker, not a cooker. I'm, so, I'm with you. I was going to say, I would say that, like that it's methodical. In the house. My husband would not say that cooking is methodical, but I would. <laughs> it's a science. Cooking is a science, not an art. We have that battle all the time. Yes, absolutely. You got to follow that recipe um, and there are instructions for that. So coming into, so I've been a special educator for 20 years. So my background is special education teacher. I taught in the public schools in Chicago for 15 of those. And I taught students with more significant disabilities. I really was interested in transition and upper grades. So when we moved here to Texas, I found Gateway Academy, which is where I am right now, and kind of entered as a general teacher and saw some issues. You know, our mm-hmm. population is um, students with um, autism and ADHD and social emotional and anxiety and all these things. And we saw so much anxiety connected to technology, mm-hmm. technology addiction, and students that just didn't understand the the social impact of what they were doing online. So yeah. I brought up to my um, head of school that we really needed to teach digital citizenship. And she said, Digital citizenship. I love that title. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And no one had really heard of it before. And she said, that's a great idea. You should do it. (laughs) Don't you love it when the universe... Gives you exactly what you asked for. (laughs) I did. I exactly came out of my mouth. And so I did. So I created a class on digital citizenship. And there, you know, when once you start looking, there's actually a lot of material out there that's already made ready to go because there is some funding connected to the government for technology for public schools um, connected to having some sort of digital citizenship curriculum. 
taught mm-hmm. in the schools. So if you look for it, the materials are there. Okay. Well, maybe that's a place to start. It's just like even describing what the heck does digital citizenship mean? And what okay, should so, it include? And what should it include, yeah. right? All right, yeah. I got this. So um, my favorite example of this is I talk about driving a car. So think about driving a car and all the things that we do in our country to make sure that people will be able to drive a car. It is modeled from a very young age that adults drive cars. They use cars responsibly to, to do things. Hopefully. To ideally. <laughs> point A to point B. Um, they show their children the right way. Ch- children are there while parents are driving. It's instilled in them from a young age that this is something that adults do and you have to be responsible for what, to be able to do it. And that when you're old enough, you will then be able to do this. So children are given, you know, cars as toys and they're able to play and interact with them in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so then once they get older, then you have to take a class. You have to learn all about the car and driving the car and the rules of the road. And then you have to take a test and pass that test to pass a written test and you have to pass a practical test. And so then, and then even then, most people don't just give children the keys to the car and say, go for it, right? There's still usually some sort of introductory level of you know, being watched and driving with other people. And, you know, once you really are trusted, then you can drive that car independently and be responsible. I would argue that the internet is the most adult place that um, anyone can be. And we do none of that when we are introducing our children to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I have to just it's a minor rabbit hole, but as I was listening to you describe all the steps of teaching kids to drive, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if we did that for parents? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> helping people parent. There are countries that actually do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry, I just had to get that. No, in. absolutely. Well, and and a shout out to the parents that are trying to fill the gaps right. and do some of this themselves listening. because it yeah. is, you know, yes, generally we don't do this stuff. And I know you parents out there are hungry for tools and tips, and you're already trying mightily to do what you can to raise, you know, tech savvy, internet savvy, smart kids. So absolutely. Sorry for that derailment, but go ahead. No, no, absolutely. (laughs) So absolutely. And there are people that are doing all the things that they're supposed to be doing, but the majority of people don't even give it a second thought that the internet is a place for adults and not children. And that um, we should really do some teaching around it. Most people give their two-year-old a phone or a tablet and statistics say that 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 number of under, I think, under four has Mm -hmm. gone up like 40% that have access to their own device Hmm. right so it's not that this is just a family device this is like they have their own device as a tablet and unless you are savvy enough to set up restrictions or set up a you know child-friendly environment on that tablet they could still get online you know Um, my favorite example is the child that spent you know like five thousand dollars in 20 minutes on smurf points Um, you know so and and things like that happens yeah Things happen like like that really quickly because they just you just tap you just tap and it's, there's no connection to the reality. So if the parent has their Apple ID with a credit card number attached to it and it's connected in the the game, like there's no connection between Smurf points and dollars to a child that don't understand money yet. 
Yeah. So we we hear a lot of parents coming to us with with concerns <laughs> because they're trying to figure out how do I work through getting my kid to pay back the thousands of dollars they inadvertently spent or didn't even realize they were spending yeah. or you know didn't re- yeah all of the all the implications. Yes, it's huge. It really is. And in the the answer really is to start out thinking that the device has to be heavily restricted and made into a like child-friendly environment. And it's starting it out before they get a device of their own, not giving them the device and then trying to take it away and then add restrictions because now they've experienced that freedom. And why would I ever want to go back to this brick of a device? You know, I'm going to try and get around all your restrictions because I already had that experience and knew that freedom. And I really want that again. There's kind of two directions I want to go because one is for parents of younger kids, like what are some of the restrictions? What are the things you need to be worried about? What do you not need to worry about? That sort of stuff. And a lot of our parents have kids that are in that in-between stage where they're like buckled down with restrictions, but their kids want to have more agency and more control. And it's this sort of, how do I move from me being in charge of technology use to my kid partnering with me to be in charge of technology use? And so I don't know, maybe we just talk about both those things. Great. Let's start with the like starting off with a highly restricted device. And I would say so we use Apple products here at our school. And I have found that though not the easiest, they do have the options available to set up the parental restrictions on the devices. Um, The one tip I usually tell people is to really watch out when there is an update to a device, because the updates to a device can sometimes wipe out all of the restrictions that you have put in place. So maybe not having automatic updates scheduled for a child's device. And so that you are the one that go in and update it and double check to make sure those restrictions are still in place. And really, if you go to Apple's website and you Google parental restrictions, they have a really lovely list of information for you to follow. If you're looking for a third-party app, the one I recommend the most is Bark to our families. And Bark recently came out with a phone. It's an Android, not an Apple. But um, Apple doesn't give people the ability to really third-party control a a device. So if you have an Apple device, you have to go through Apple's parental restrictions to set things up. If you have a different device, then Bark does a really great job with that. Is that B-A-R-K? Yes. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. That's okay. one. That's the one that I, I, re, I recommend the most to our families. And a lot of them, you know, once their child has had a lot of really awful experiences or significant consequences, that is what they go to. They, they sign up for a Bark subscription and they um, purchase a Bark phone. And that seems to be really helping. And Go ahead. And I guess what, what's coming up is, can we talk a little bit about some of the language you would use with the younger kid to say, why are we, you know, why like, you've got stuff set up? Is it about safety? Is it about, you know, uh, what what's it about? I mean, what's, what's the conversation at that age? So I really talked a lot about um, learning to be a citizen of the digital world. 
Okay, so we are going to learn the skills on how to manage our time, how to manage um, a balanced life where we're using our devices and then we're also having some time in the real world. How are we using our devices? Are we using them passively? Um, you know, are we scrolling through things? Are we playing simple games or are we actively using tools? So are we using things to create and make new content and share those with family and friends? Um, and so really like looking not so much at what's happening and how long it's happening, but the quality of what's happening with the device. And so then, you're really educating kids on all the different things they can do sort of in that larger context so that they, they're they more conscious of when am I creating, when am I socializing, et cetera, when am I competing, et cetera. Right. The consumption, the the blind consumption of, you know, things that are online, whether it's just watching YouTube video after YouTube video or scrolling through TikTok or any other social media platform and looking at reels, you know, that's passive use. And that is what, uh, you know, really can damage people's self-esteem and the way they think about themselves and others because they don't really have a connection to any of those things. You know, do you want to make a video? Great. You know, you want to, um, you have an idea for something that you want to make, you want to make a music video, let's find all the tools necessary to make that. But let's not just passively consume other people's media because um, that's not healthy for us. Okay. Oh, exclusively. I mean, right. everything in right. moderation. Everything is a balance. You know, you want to see what other people are doing, but you're not going to spend hours and hours doing that. You have to have that balance. And then, you know, um, connections in real life. We know um, the data is telling us that teens especially value in-person connection less than they did before. Well, um, and what what's coming up for me as you're saying that it's this sort of conscious use. It's a sort of, yes, I'm looking at TikTok. What? Why? Why? Is right. it because I'm, there? It's because I'm bored and I want something to do with my time. It's because I'm interested in seeing what everybody else is doing. And I love watching funny cat videos. It's this sort of awareness. Is it because of, I'm learning something? Is it because yeah. I'm avoiding something? Right. Like yeah, there are right. a million reasons. Right. Are you watching tutorials on something? That's fantastic. Right. Are you um, doing something with puppies and kittens and animals to really like make you happy at the end of the day? Or are you really just, it doesn't matter what comes up on that screen, you're just going to watch it and scroll to the next one. Mm -hmm. So just really being mindful about how we're consuming the information that comes from whatever it is that our, our tablet or, or anything that's, that we're being exposed to. I think a lot um, of adults, we need that too, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I have, I have timers and restrictions on all of my devices. So at, you know, when I need to be going to bed, that pops up at 9 PM that my, my wind down bedtime is coming up and it closes a ton of apps for me. And I go, oh, okay, I really need to disconnect because you get so caught up in it. Can you share that app with me? Because I have a 26-year-old who would love it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's built into your Apple iPhone. If you go into sleep schedule and health and you can set up when your wake up and downtimes are and it just shuts everything down. Obviously, wow. I can override it. If well, I that's kind to. of, yeah, I don't know. My brain would like hate that it just like immediately shuts it down. I would want like a five minute warning and a 10 minute warning and all that. Other you stuff. can do that. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a, a, you know, in 30 minutes, your wind down is coming. And then, at you know, I have it for like eight o'clock. So at like 745, your, your wind down is coming at eight o'clock. And then at eight o'clock, it makes like a little bedtime chime, like do, do, do. And then it like kind of goes, starts the process. Takes it, I love takes it. it down. That's really okay. cool. 
So, so we've talked a lot about, um, about raising our kids awareness and, and what the different uses are of technology and, and becoming mindful consumers of technology. Yes. What's, what's next that needs to be discussed? So I think one of the big things is that level of responsibility. So let's say you start off and you're like, you're only going to have a certain, you know, one social media account and you're going to have, you know, all these other creator apps, Um, a conversation with, you know, that responsibility and the purpose of technology is definitely a huge piece of it. Um, I have a couple friends that have bought books and they're like, we're going to read this book together. And we're, when we're done with this book, we're going to, then I'm going to, then you can have access to this technology or this next piece of this next app or something like that. And I'm like, that's a great idea. You, you know, that's a fantastic, you do that. But there are, that's really going to work for any kid under maybe the age of eight. Yeah, Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you've got your young ones that you can really mold and you can really bring into the fold and gradually provide all of this. But but it doesn't work if you've handed an open device to a child at five. Right. You have to start out with those restrictions in place, because like I said before, once you have open access to all the things, you don't want to have restrictions put on you. It feels like a punishment. And then all of your time spent on that device is now related to this punishment that has been put on you. So really being proactive about how things are set up. Super helpful. Well, and I want to highlight what Susan just said, everyone, because it's this and there's a section of the book that's about this notion of are you making calling it a consequence, but it's really a punishment. And we think we're putting consequences in place based on their behavior. But if they didn't know about it in advance and they didn't expect it was coming, then it's a then it's a punishment and it's, they're going to experience it that way. Well, and just say, cause Elaine, you said the book in our, in our book, the essential guide. There's guide, right. <laughs> but, but I mean, this notion that, that we call it a consequence <laughs> because we don't want to be punitive, but if we haven't called it out in advance of a behavior, then we're still being punitive from their lens, from their perspective. Yeah. Right. If all of their friends have full access to everything and they're the only ones and they had access and then they lost it, Every it single time like they advice. Well, so let's talk about the, that transition time. That you know, the kids want more agency. You want to be able mm-hmm. to get out of the middle of it, and they're you know they're going to be going off to college, and they aren't going to have restrictions and all this other stuff. How do we transition them from mom and mom or dad or whoever is in charge is controlling everything to free range technology? Yeah, that's the hardest. And so I have (laughs) high schoolers right now. um, And we have a bunch that are still really struggling. And I have to say that a lot of our students that are maybe um, in that have attachment issues of any kind, those are the ones that we struggle with the most, I would say, Um, the ones that really don't understand social boundaries. Those are the kiddos that really struggle with that switch the most. And a lot of them really continue to need some some sort of oversight. Well, and so kids that's with executive function challenges that can't self-manage time and all those other things that the technology has been doing for and them. And when you say yeah. they have the hardest time, you mean they're ha- they have the hardest time managing it independently. Yes, 
Yes, exactly. That's a great descriptor of it. They once they have access to something that they didn't have access to before, it's so exciting and it it's um it gives them so much feedback and now they can do anything. So now I'm going to reach out and I'm going to chat with all the people that I've all I've ever wanted to chat with. And now I'm up until one o'clock in the morning and I'm not getting any sleep and I'm doing it in the middle of class because, you know, I can. So it's really those are the kiddos that just need a lot more help, a lot more assistance, and it needs to move slower. So understanding how the kiddos work and what might work for them is really helpful to be proactive again about what's Mm going to happen and knowing that they're going to make mistakes and that's okay. You know, as long as there's nothing, you know, as long as there are some, some, you know, some things in place to keep things from going completely off the rails. So parent check-ins, honest conversations, you know, you can't be the one that's only punitive about technology use. It has to be, especially now they're transitioning into adulthood, right? You, you're not going to be in charge of them forever. You're going to have to have an honest conversation. and Or also, more than one. And, and agreements and all that other <laughs> stuff. Many. Right. The, the, the example that's coming up from my family, I remember there was this phase in the middle where I changed the controls and I said to my kids, I randomly I'm going to check the browser history and I won't talk to you about it unless I see something that's dangerous. And then we'll have a a healthy conversation. I'm not going to get mad. And if the browser history is ever deleted, we're going to have the same conversation, (laughs) you know? So it's that sort of creating the dialogue about it. And what you said is these kids are going to make mistakes. And I, I watch parents all the time. They're like, okay, my kid was up until two in the morning. So I'm shutting them back down and I'm going back to full control And it's like, that's really not the solution. You want to be able to help them figure out how to be successful and not just say, well, they can't yet. So I'm cutting them off. Right. Right. A lot, you know, so many kids have time blindness. And once you get sucked into something, I am guilty of staying up and reading a book until, you know, one o'clock in the morning. Okay. And I know that's not healthy and it's not technology. It's just something I'm really involved in. So those things are going to happen. And so exactly having those check-ins, having those conversations, having a, you know, so how did you feel the next day? (laughs) Well, that, yeah, you were really tired. That really stings. You were really grumpy when you got home too. Do you think that was a great idea? <laughs> you yeah, know, that worked for you. Well, what I love know. about it is that you're asking questions that raises their awareness, their self-concept, instead of telling them what they should or shouldn't do. Because t- no amount of telling a no. teenager especially mm-hmm. is going to really do much. But yes. if they, if you ask a question and they answer it for themselves, that's insight, not information. Well, and as long as you don't come back and say, see, I told you show. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, you can yeah, reference okay. the, your, you know, agreement, you know, like one of the things we agreed upon was that this was probably a reasonable bedtime. Do you think that that's true going forward? Is this something that we need to adjust and change? You know, like those check-ins about, and again, yeah, not, I told you so not like, well, then we're going to have to change this and your bedtime is an hour earlier. No, they're still an adult, you know, and what was the function of what they were doing? Were they chatting with their friends? It's a really normal thing for them to yeah. chat with friends. Yeah. I had one kiddo that found out that they were staying up till one in the morning. And when we had the conversation, it was like, my friend is in, in serious, serious crisis. And I didn't want to leave them. And, you know, so knowing that and understanding that you can, well, let's, let's help that kiddo get help instead of relying on you at one in the morning. But, you know, you, you learn a lot more asking questions than you do just taking 
divisive action, which is what yeah, a lot of times yeah. I, I would say my, my biggest advice is you have to let go of that control once they become those older teenagers, but you have to do it in a way that is empathetic and um, continuing to support them. Because like we said, they're going to make mistakes and it's going to happen. And you just have to be there for them when it happens and help lead them to, you know, some things they might be able to change. Yeah. So for those of you in in our community, what what Susan's beautifully describing is that transition from director to collaborator and from collaborator to support, right? As we transition our way of parenting and communicating and relating with them, we begin to empower them to take more ownership. So we need to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, it's Elaine. And if you like this podcast, you'll love our coach approach. Whether you're a parent looking for support or professional supporting families, we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift. You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. That's impactparents.com slash gift. So go ahead. Great. So Susan, as we start to wrap up, you know, what have we not yet talked about that we need to cover? I wanted to tell everyone that there's another website that I highly recommend for all families called Common Sense Media. Yes. Um, Common Sense Media does lovely grading scales and does all these other things for media in general, for games. and But they also have a portion called Common Sense Education. Yeah. And that is where I use almost all of my curriculum for digital citizenship. They, um, It's a free login. So if you're interested as a parent or as another educator that might be listening to this, don't recreate the wheel go use their materials. They're high quality. They have been updated in the last two years and they are available in PowerPoint and Google Slides. So So if I can add to that, and we'll make sure to put all of this in the the notes for everybody. Um, One of our early podcasts we did, we interviewed Stephen Falcom uh, from the Online Safety Institute. And so there's an early podcast, we'll link to that. And we've done some summits and created a bunch of resources, have a, a digital resource guide. So we'll give people links to how they could they could access our, our summit from, from a while back. And we'll we'll brainstorm a little bit to what other resources we feel like you guys could use. Wonderful. As well. And we'll, we've got Common Sense Media in there. Well, and resources. So if people want to get in touch with you, Susan... Yes, I work at um, the Gateway Academy in Houston, Texas. So if you just Google the Gateway Academy, there's a couple Gateway Academies. So we are the Gateway Academy in Houston, Texas. I am on the website. Um, Also, S. Hoyer at Gateway Academy Houston. You can email me with any questions, comments, concerns. Um, I'm happy to answer any of those as well. Excellent. So it's Anything else that you want to make sure besides the resources, anything else we we talked about today that you feel like you want to highlight anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover? I really want to highlight the use of good modeling of technology from our families. I would say that if you tend to spend your time at the dinner table or at in the evening looking at your phone instead of interacting with your child, you're showing them that that's what's okay. And when it comes to social interaction in general, um, we know that our kids are kind of um, grappling with a lot of things right now. So that modeling of empathy, that modeling of connectedness, and that modeling of appropriate technology use really is great. You know, awesome. it's like when you just, they used to say like, oh, my, my parents, you know, going back to a very old reference, you know, my, my, I can't smoke, but my parents smoke two packs a day. 
you know, but like, yeah. so now with technology, you, you know, they have to get off my phone at eight o'clock, but I know my parents are laying in bed until midnight on theirs. So they see everything. They see the yes. light under the door. They notice what's going on. Yeah. Um, it's, we, and I, we like Jamie Lee Curtis's quote that the children are the paparazzi. Oh, yeah. They're going to see you wherever you go, just at the most inopportune moments. Yes. <laughs> right? Well, and this is a good opportunity. Truth be told, I'm going to let I'm this. I've needed a kind of a little bit of a kick to go. Okay, let's look at my own relationship with technology and how am I using it, and do I like the balance I've got, or do I want to be doing something different more consciously? It's a good reminder for all of us. Thank you, Susan. Yeah. Absolutely. So I hear some accountability there, Diane. And for those of you in the community, I'm going to I'm going to invite you to go to, to the Lifeline community and check in with Diane and with yourself. See how and see she's how doing, doing. The technology. There we go. Right. OK, yeah, I'm, I'm game. Y'all want to send me a note and see how I'm doing? I'd, yeah, I'll be good. That's good. Awesome. Some timers on, you know, look at one of the, th- the things that are available. And there are tons of third party apps that will shut things down for you. If you find that there's one app specifically that is really like drawing all of your attention, whether it's a game or whether it's a social media app or something like that, um, you can find something. There's some that like allow you to grow um, trees in the rainforest <laughs> for however long you leave your phone down and you don't look at it. Oh, wait. One I of my like kids that does one. that. And then, and, but then it's like, but I got to water my plants. I mean, yes. you know, yeah, then so you got to get down there again and water the plants. Right. But, you know, but if you pay a right. subscription, they will do a real treat in the rainforest. So, you know, so there's all kinds of things out there that are available That's to great. help you with that monitoring of your own self-technology use. You got know? it. Thank you. Susan, thank you so much for for what you're doing. It's just it's so nice to know that there are people in schools doing really the having the really important conversations with kids that you're having. So thank you for what you're doing and for sharing it with our audience. Do you have a favorite motto or quote you want to share with our audience? I do. And I've had this since college. This has been the tagline of almost all my emails. It's um, every student can learn, just not on the same day or in the same way. And it's by George Evans. Beautiful. Every student can learn, not in the same day, on the same way. Yep. I love Everybody's that. got their own timeline, and that's awesome. okay. Thank you, yeah. Susan, and thank you for those of you who are listening. For we want to, I want to yeah. check in before we check out with everybody, oh, yeah. and, and remind everybody to take a moment in this moment to think about what's your takeaway from today's episode. What's the insight you've had? Is there something you want to do with that insight to bring it forward with you into the week? Take this one little coaching moment before we wrap to think about what did you get from this conversation and what do you want to do to apply it for yourself and your life? And, and, oh, and thanks for everything you're doing for yourself and for your kids. At the end of the day, you make the difference. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.